Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to the AnimeBuoy.org Anime Fan Podcast, your twice-monthly port of call for anime recommendations, news bits, and discussion that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I'm your host, Captain Spike, and with me, as always, is First Mate Slidekick. Yar! Today is July 9th, 2017, and this is episode 23. Wait, wait a minute. Introduction to Gundam. Did you say July 9th? No, you're hearing things. Welcome once again, our lovely and beautiful listeners, to the AnimeBuoy.org recommendation and discussion podcast. AnimeBuoy... Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't do that now? <laughs> I guess you do. AnimeBuoy.org recommendation and discussion podcast. We come on here, we talk about our favorite anime, and hope to open some eyes up to some classics, both old and new, that you might have missed and, you know, sort of shine a light on these shows that maybe aren't getting as much love as they should be. Uh, this week, we're actually going to be talking about one of the biggest questions in all of anime fandom. Gundam. You mean Gundam? <laughs> you said question. Yeah, so, and, you know, actually that question that I alluded to is really, how do I get into Gundam? Something, something, space politics, something, something overwhelming. Well, I mean, basically, yes. Um, so... Something, something, multiple timelines. So I have to say, you know, normally when we do these episodes, we try really hard to be very thorough. We try to talk about every facet of, of these shows we talk about. That is not what we're doing here today. What we want to talk about here today is basically what is Gundam? How can people get into Gundam? You know, if you're looking to get into Gundam, you've seen the, the models, you know, the plastic Gunpla models. You've maybe even built a few, but you've never dug into the actual universe of the characters. I thought this, they were Transformers. This episode is really designed to get you into it. As a result, you know, we're not going to be talking as heavily about, you know, theming or like our favorite necessary, like, character arcs among these shows. Um, Although I would... It's a little bit more of of opening the door. There's definitely some common threads that go throughout Gundam, though. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a huge part of talking about Gundam as a series and, and why it's a series. Lord knows, you know, if it were if they were all drastically different, then we would just pick one and talk about it as normal. As it stands, uh, you know, Gundam is such a big topic. We're just going to dive right in, and I want to start by talking a little bit about what Gundam is in in the most literal sense. Uh, the Gundam franchise started on April seventh, nineteen seventy nine. Oh boy! And this was when the first episode of Mobile Suit Gundam aired. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam is typically referred to either as Gundam 0079 or First Gundam. Um, I myself tend toward First Gundam, and First Gundam was revolutionary in that it defined the real robot genre of anime. And that is, of course, you know, it features these giant robots. They're in a militaristic war setting. Uh, But the two types of giant robots in Japanese anime are typically real robots and super robots. And so what you would see in in a real robot show is, you know, something where, you know, there really is attention being paid to, you know, the mechanics of how these things work. You know, they're not running in and using magical swords and, you know, getting into these epic fist fights with no damage to the body of the machine. You know, they have to worry about things like maintenance on their parts and, and ammo for their weaponry. They're, you know, they're not... Stuff like uh, Mazinger Z is probably the best example of a super robot that I can come to off the top of my head. Uh, any questions yet, Saggy? Well, I mean, I would assume that uh, super robots and Super Sentai have a little bit of overlap. Of course, not being anime, you know. 
Well, exactly. And, you know, the, the anime equivalent for Super Sentai that's probably easiest for most people to get is something like Voltron, which would be very super robot. So, and, you know, um, interestingly, some shows and some shows that we've even talked about here on the show um, sort of intentionally straddle the line of real and super uh, stuff like the Aura Battlers from Aura Battler Dunbine, um, Escaflone, the Evangelions really do all sort of straddle the line and have elements of both. But typically with, with real robot stories, you're, you're going to end up with stories that are a little more grounded because it does have that basis in terms of like, how did these giant robots come into being? How are they being used by people? And that is really the heart of Gundam as a series to me is that the, the focus is always on these giant robots and how um, humans are using them as tools to sort of extend their own influence on the world around them. And so when you place that kind of idea into a militaristic war setting, uh, you know, the general narrative of Gundam shows are more often than not war drama, unless we're talking about some of the spinoffs that are maybe like competitive plastic model battlers. <laughs> but for the most part, you're looking at stories that really do resolve revolve around you know mobile suits and their pilots in a war um you know dealing with how the destruction and dehumanization of civilians and enemies uh, how that really impacts the psyches of both the heroes and the villains in these stories and um something else that's really interesting about the gundam series really is that the villains are nearly always painted in a broad with a broad brush, very rarely is it like over-the-top scheming, conniving villainry of evil. More often, you know, you're really just looking at someone with different motives, failings, and virtues trying to achieve a different goal from our, our, our protagonist. Uh, it's something that's really special about Gundam, and part of why it has really endured, why it made such a big deal in the first place, is that the, the battles in Gundam are nearly always rooted in political motivation. Um, the Battles are almost always accompanied by debates on philosophical issues and political ideas, really trying to look at, you know, the meaning of war, the value of pacifism, and, you know, how as things evolve and stakes get higher, you know, sort of the impact that that has on mankind at large. Oh, man, that means in the real world, once they discover Gundanium alloy, we're screwed. <laughs> You started to talk, so I took a sip of my water, thinking you were going to be a minute, and then it was just a joke, and I nearly spat everywhere. Worth it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of these series, especially in the mainline continuity of Gundam, uh, the Universal Century series, series um, that does start in First Gundam, a lot of the stories are like coming-of-age dramas where, um, you know, you're mainly looking at the main cast's personalities and points of views um, really changing as they have to face, you know, these real dark sides of war. Uh, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But with regard to that, I have to say my very favorite Gundam series of all time is probably 0080, uh, also known as War in the Pocket. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I know. also know a lot of people are really into 8th MS Team. Uh, both of these direct sequels to First Gundam. Um, I would absolutely recommend watching First Gundam first, but it can be a little bit of a challenge in the modern day to find it in a, a super easy-to-access manner. Uh, anyway, I, I want to talk a little bit about First Gundam, but before that, I want to say, Slaggy, any questions so far about Gundam? Q&A. Where do Gundams come from? 
Are you really going to ask that? Because that's part of what I'm about to go into. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I think, you know, like, what is a gun? I mean, you kind of talked about, you know, real robots, but like, what is a Gundam? Well, so Gundams are typically a I type mean, of a mobile is, but... suit, and mobile suits are typically a kind of giant robot. Uh, the thing is that in Gundam, at least in the more, like, quote-unquote real Gundam series, stuff like, you know, uh, First Gundam, 8th MS Team, War in the Pocket, even uh, some of those shows that maybe dabble in a little bit of super robot type stuff like Stardust Memory or, uh, like, Double Zeta, you know, you're still ultimately looking at these giant robots that are being built and treated basically the way that we in the real world would treat just, like, tanks. You know, these are really being viewed as just like, oh, this is a, a mechanized assault unit that can be manned by one person to inflict tremendous damage on the opposing enemy force. Uh, of course, you know, that, that gets a little different when you look at stuff like Gundam Wing or Gundam Seed. I don't know that we'll really talk about Seed here today, but Wing, I, I actually have a lot of negative feelings about because I actually feel like Gundam Wing is just a super robot show. Um, that is not like a real stakes thing. Like people getting giant robots that end up having super secret transformations that are only accessed when they're crying inside the robot that then shoot their giant planet busting <laughs> lasers. That's not a real robot show to me. Hey, teenage boys with emo feelings. <laughs> Did you laugh so hard that you dropped something? Um, I I laughed so hard that my surface fell. Oh man! Well, you're the welcome. The wind did it. So. Um, let me just dig in here on First Gundam, uh, you know, created and directed by Yoshiyuki Tomino-san, uh, who is, in fact, still, um, you know, his works are still what, you know, the, the First Gundam timeline, the Universal Century timeline, as we talk about it, is based on. Um, his works are, are still being adapted. His works within the Gundam universe still being adapted oh, wow. even today with um, there's the Gundam Twilight Axis net animation that just started running online in Japan just like two weeks ago. Uh, we won't really talk about it. It takes place immediately after on the Universal Century timeline immediately after uh, Gundam Unicorn. Hey, Gundam Unicorn, hey. But it's, uh, you know, it's some really exciting stuff that, that it's still all one, at least the Universal Century is all still one vision that's being catered to. And I actually think that there's a lot of strength in that. Uh, anyway, First Gundam, it ended up running 43 episodes set in a fictional universe in the year 2124 or Universal Century 0079. Get it? Yep. Uh, and basically, there's a principality. It is called Xeon. And it has declared independence from the Earth, um, and then subsequently launched a War of Independence, which is known in the Gundam universe as the One Year War. Uh, the conflict has directly affected every society on Earth, as well as nearly every space colony and lunar settlement that mankind has stretched to. Although Xeon has the upper hand, uh, they're actually the smaller of the two factions, you know, the Xeonists and the Earth Federation. And basically, Gundam, First Gundam, is about the war between these two factions. Uh, Xeon were the first to really use the mobile suits, basically these giant bipedal tanks. Um, and unfortunately, you know, like eight months into the one-year war, uh, more than half of humanity has died from the costs of this war. Uh, which is, you know, even literally from the very first episode, Gundam, First Gundam makes it clear, like, war isn't funny. It's not Fun. This isn't an episode. Uh, yeah, like a when show all those people die. Well, yeah, a lot of people in that first episode of First Gundam die on screen painfully. Like it's not a cool, happy, lol thing. Um, in fact, you know, when I was in uh, high school, 
just getting out, but the American run of Gundam Wing was happening on Cartoon Network. And I had some uh, friends that were really getting into anime. I was in the anime club. I had the hookup on all the fan subs. So I was getting people like first Gundam fan subs and people were like requesting tapes one and two from me and then never following up with for more. Because if you remember back then, fan subs, basically, if you were a distributor, you had like a list of titles that people could basically just like order from you or give you like blank tapes and you would dub it for them. Right. And yeah, nobody would request after tape like two of First Gundam for me. Uh, They wanted pretty boys in super robots and got a serious mediation on the horrors of war. So, uh, you know, it's it's really cool, though. First Gundam, uh, something that does happen a lot. In, in it is that we actually do see uh, a lot of the little side episodes throughout the run. Um, typically, what would you think of as fillers now, maybe featuring like various Puppies? permutations? <laughs> puppy oh, no, puppy episodes. Seeing various permutations of a lot of these uh, Gundams and mobile suits. I say Gundams, so there's only one in that series. It's the RX 78 Gundam. It's kind of like the bog standard one. In fact, I don't think I've ever had a computer desk that did not have a model of one of these things at it. I in my time that I've known you that is true. Yeah, this is like the bog standard Gundam. It's like the the iconic one basically. Um and so you end up seeing a lot of like in that first first Gundam you end up seeing a lot of permutations on it. Um the main federation warship the white base that they're all sort of um stationed on as they're like trying to figure out what's going on um dealing with, you know, the side 7 colony and the various, like, Xeon forces, you see a lot of permutations so that toy manufacturers could make toys. So there's a little bit of a juxtaposition in First Gundam. It can end up making it play very silly at times, because the tone goes from serious war drama to, LOL, look at our new flying ship. Um, But... Again, you know, it's it's actually interesting that the juxtaposition there is caused by the forces of, you know, wanting to tell a real sincere adult story and the very real marketing needs of having toys that you could sell at Toys R Us. So it's really funny because in a meta way, it's like almost its own commentary on capitalism. I feel I'm probably overthinking it, but I do that. I don't actually think I'm overthinking it. So I want to want to talk a little bit here, though, about some of the other shows that take place on the Universal Century timeline, um, because first off, First Gundam, not that easy to find nowadays, especially in its individual episode format. Uh, however, we have had re-releases of this series done in the form of compilation movies, and these movies are actually available um, in English both on DVD and Blu-ray, which is nice. Um, The Japanese Blu-rays had English subtitles on them, which is very cool. Um, They've been released in various territories, so you can find it. Um, Slaggy, I know that you were trying to get into Gundam recently for this show. Were you able to find the movies streaming anywhere legitimately? Uh, I couldn't find the movie streaming anywhere, no. Actually, I had trouble finding uh, the the series streaming, too, so... uh... Well, I know that for the series for a long time, you know, they did this big fancy uh, HD restoration some number of years ago and almost immediately took it out of print and put the movies back in print. So it it seemed to me like maybe effort was being made to specifically supplant the original series. Yeah, I don't know. Um, To be fair, I was mostly looking on Crunchy. I didn't check Hulu or anything, but uh, yeah, I've not been able to find just on first blush uh, any... Real way to find the streaming anywhere. 
Interesting. Well, you know, one thing that's really cool is there's this uh, really cool site called Gundam.info. They are the official English language website for Gundam News. And they do have a YouTube channel that actually has hundreds of episodes of various Gundam shows all over the place, like on YouTube for free viewing, which obviously super cool. I think right now they're really hyping uh, Mobile Suit Double Zeta Gundam being available for, for streaming on YouTube. Um, I know that right now they have the entire run of Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt up for streaming. So, you know, that's some pretty cool stuff. So, um, you know, that would probably be a good place to check out to see if they if Gundam.info has a link to where you could stream the movies. Otherwise, you know, uh, as we noted, Universal Century actually spans many different Gundam series. It's generally considered sort of like the main timeline. If you're looking to get into Gundam in its purest form, the first episode of First Gundam is going to get you going. If you need something a little meatier, something a little less dated, I would probably recommend your backups being the first episode of 8th MS Team, War in the Pocket, or Stardust Memory. Um, and these are all interesting because they're sort of the series that follow on that timeline immediately after First Gundam, but none of them really require a knowledge of First Gundam. Um, none of them are about, you know, the main characters of First Gundam, which of course are Amuro Ray and Shar Aznabel. Uh, these characters, of course, uh, iconic within anime. Every shonen giant robot type series protagonist ends up being compared to Amuro Ray. He was the Shinji Ikari of 1978. Oh, wow. So um, something that's really cool about these other series in UC Gundam, though, is that like uh, 8th MS Team, for example, is a 12-episode OVA that is specifically focused on one team's exploits during one month of the one-year war. And it really looks at, you know, these characters and where they start and, like, what happens to their team and their, their team dynamic over this one month of time in the war. And, you know, dealing with, obviously, the, the highs of victory and the lows of defeat and everything that comes with that. And really looking at the human cost of that. So that is one, you know, they actually ran that on uh, Cartoon Network many, many years ago. I was working at a bowling alley at the time, and... um one of my coworkers was watching it and like he actually came to me and was like, you know, I have never cried at a cartoon before. Like, what was that? And because he had been really into Gundam Wing, oh. he thought this was going to be like related. And to your Gundam answer Wing. was, have you watched Grave of the Fireflies? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Um, but War in the Pocket, which is my personal favorite, is actually a much smaller personal story. It also takes place during the One Year War, but it's about a, a kid in his adolescence. He's he's doing the whole coming of age thing, but he's coming of age while learning about what war is and how war affects people and really what the individual cost of seeing life taken over a meaningless conflict does to you. Uh, so it's it's extremely heavy. The first time I saw it, I actually cried super hard. <laughs> but, um, you know, I actually want to note that War in the Pocket is not written by uh, Yoshiyuki Tomino-san and was instead written by uh, Hiroyuki Yamaga, whom you actually might know best for his work on uh, The Wings of Oniames. Oh, wow. Yeah. Founding member of uh, Studio Gainax and everything and really got a, a big part of his start 
with uh, War in the Pocket for, I think it was one of the first hugely notable things on his resume. You know, there's also a, a lot of movies that take place within uh, the Universal Century timeline. Probably the most notable of them is uh, Char's Counterattack, which is quite specifically about the relationship between Amuro Ray and Char Aznavel. Um, and as a result, I think like, gets a lot of attention. <laughs> it's not terribly romantic. I would, of course, also be remiss not to mention Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam. Gundam um, this is another one where the series actually end up getting recompiled into a movie trilogy as well. Um, and that one, the movie trilogy, actually changed the storyline up a bit. So uh, that's interesting. I would probably not start with um, Zeta Gundam, but it is a great series. Um, it does feature Amara Ray and Char Aznabel, but they're not to to start at least like the main characters. Except um, there is a point where Char Aznabel comes back into play under a fictitious name that can be localized in some pretty humorous ways. <laughs> I believe now uh, the the way that's in vogue to refer to him is Quattro Bajirna, which is much better than the one that used to be used on merchandise. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. So if you're looking for, like, serious war drama, you really want, like, stuff that's going to make you cry, that's really where I'd go to for that. Um, but in more recent years, even UC Gundam has gone in a little bit more of a super robot type direction. Um, and I think that's probably most notable with uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. And it's like, it's my understanding of the seven episodes of Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, uh, because it was originally just an OVA. They did end up doing a TV adaptation. But, right. Um, it's my understanding you've seen a bit of this. What did, what did you think? Um, it looked really pretty, but I found it very difficult to follow what was going on just and, because and my that, Gundam experience okay. was very different. It was, I mean, what, what I should say is that I was, I had very little familiarity with universal century stuff. So, and it's, it seems like a lot of the UC stuff is very tied together. Whereas with the other stuff we're going to be talking about is kind of uh, a little separate. Excellent. Okay. And that does totally make sense. Of course. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Gundam Unicorn. I, I think it's really cool, but it definitely, again, it, it does introduce some things where, um, whereas older series, especially older Universal Century series, do really at least try to have, like, real connections to the way that, like, physics work and quantum dynamics and what have you. Like, they try to be a little bit more realistic in the setting. Uh, I did not really feel like that was the truth for Gundam Unicorn. I, I definitely felt like it was a lot more like, well, we are doing this because this is a cool thing that giant robots do, so we're doing it. Which, not necessarily a problem. I still really ultimately enjoy it because it does have a serious story to tell. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of on-screen character death, which... I think could be a problem for most for for a casual viewer, but again, you know, in order to sell the drama and pain and monstrousness of war, I almost feel like you have to also show that like war is fundamentally about ending human life. Yeah. So, um, Gundam Unicorn, of course, is I think fantastic. Super easy to get a hold of these days. It had a very large Blu-ray print run, so you definitely can get it. Um, I'm not really prepared to talk about uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Twilight Axis, which again is set after the events of uh, Gundam Unicorn, because I haven't seen it yet. As far as I know, it's not being officially released in English yet, but as a 
Namco Bandai famously said back in the early 2000s, at this point with Gundam, it's not a matter of, of if it gets localized, it's a matter of when it gets localized. Yeah. They've been pretty committed to bringing everything over eventually, but with stuff like this, I wouldn't be that surprised if we just got a disc release after it had all aired online in Japan. So I want to talk about a spinoff, the first big spinoff, in fact, the first alternate calendar era spinoff. This was G Gundam, and it was made to commemorate the 15th anniversary of the Gundam brand. It was sort of meant to like reboot Gundam, as at the time Gundam was uh, uh, not as popular, which isn't that big of a surprise, you know, Gundam can be some heady stuff. So what they basically did was reimagined Gundam as Street Fighter 2. They ended up with Mobile Fighter G Gundam. And in this uh, series, within this timeline, which is known as the Future Century timeline, um, basically mankind has all abandoned Earth in order to live on space colonies. And all of the space colonies are um, like corresponding to countries on Earth. So you end up with like Neo-Japan, Neo-America, Neo-China, Neo-France, Neo-Russia, etc., and Could you see near Russia from your house? <laughs> right? Probably. It's in the sky. And so rather than just fighting wars all day, hour a day for political and social dominance, the colonies agree to hold a Gundam fight tournament every four years in the style of like a uh, election. So it's the Gundam Hunger Games. <laughs> right? Except before the fact. Each country ends up sending to the, you know, the ruins of Earth, um, a representative piloting a Gundam. And the Gundams compete with one another in one-on-one battles under a strict set of rules, basically in the style of a fighting game. And whatever nation is represented by the winner of the tournament is basically like the, the ruling kingdom for the next four years. So again, you know, it's very much Gundams as... A Battlebots. Scan- <laughs> what? Battlebots. Well, well, yes, but from a, a more thematic and philosophical way, it's it's really Gundams as a analog for like a An electoral race. system. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no, I mean it's it's very specifically like you know rather than Republicans and Democrats battling it out on CNN, you have the Shining Gundam and whatever that weird windmill Gundam is, the <laughs> Dutch one, fighting for, for, you know, rulership and dominance. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's interesting, um, but it's also one of those things where, you know, it plays very over the top. As a result, G Gundam is not super well-loved by most of the fandom. It is very much over the top, super robots. It's pretty campy. All of the, the various robots have, like, traditional, like, fighting game move type abilities, like shooting fireballs or a glowing hand that when it touches you, it blows off a chunk of armor. Um, all of the, the robot designs are very, very like much themed on various like paragons and I thought you, stereotypes. I was, yeah. I was going to say they're, they're pretty uh, stereotypical. So right? like the Dutch one, like I said, or the Greenland one is, is like a giant windmill that Japanese have one. That's like in a sailor Fuku looking like sailor moon. The American one has boxing gloves and a football helmet on. So, you know, and it's, it can be a little much for people, but for me, it's actually like a really fun watch. It's, it's the fights are all really cool, particularly for that early nineties anime style of combat with giant robots that I really dig, but maybe not everyone does. But in that case, I would say that everyone else is wrong. 
Um, Slaggy, I want to ask you, you had mentioned that you found uh, G Gundam to be a little campy, but overall, what did you think? I mean, and I remember watching a little bit of this when it was briefly airing on uh, Toonami as well, on Cartoon Network. Um, I mean, it's it's fun because, like, you know, it's a little more action-oriented. The, the politics, I feel, is not as... I mean, there's still definitely a political bent to it, but it's more about Gundam fighting mobile fighter Gundam rather than mobile suit Gundam, so... Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, that was part of the point in making it was... You know, to still keep the Gundam themes, but put the more serious stuff in the backseat to try and rebuild that audience who maybe Gundam was getting too heavy for. And I also think Domon Kashu is handsome as hell. Oh yeah, Domon Kashu, the main character of G Gundam, is it's just a really cool character and a really great character design. So I think that if you're looking for a Gundam series that is maybe not as heavy, you don't need to deep dive as hard on. Uh, you can just <laughs> you put it on, on, watch cool fights, and, and see cool combat and fist fighting stuff. I think G Gundam is a really great place to start. Uh, the next one, though, that I think we're going to talk about is Gundam Wing. Psyche, could you take this? Uh, as our listeners may have noted, I'm actually not the biggest fan of Gundam Wing. So Gundam Wing is pretty boys and robots, basically. Um, I say that, and, well, the way that I got into Gundam Wing, and I say got into, I mean, I saw maybe about the first um, 13 episodes or so, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, when it was running on Cartoon Network on Toonami Block, uh, because my girlfriend at the time, because, you know... Wait, I'm sorry, what? My girlfriend at the time, because I was in high school, I wasn't out yet, I was confused... Anyway, she was really into Gundam Wing. She was she was also really into like slashing the Gundam Wing characters, by which I mean like um, you know pairing them up in same sex relationships. So um, kind of you know maybe we see maybe we see where you know th- you're getting some answers here. But anyway, um, Gundam Wing takes place in the After Colony timeline or AC, and I mean it's similar that there are space colonies. But basically, um, there is a alliance on Earth called the United Earth Sphere Alliance that, um, you know, they basically are using their military power to oppress the colonies. And so the colonies try to start a movement with the pacifist Hiroyui um, to try to free themselves, you know, in, in a way that you might compare to, I guess, the Revolutionary War in America. But what happens is that Hiroyui is assassinated. But don't worry, because this isn't the Hiroyui you're thinking about. Um, so basically, um, after Hiroyui's assassination, um, the organization of the Zodiac, or OZ, or Oz, uh, I don't know how it's... I can't remember how they uh, translated it, because it's been so long, but uh, basically... They go rogue, and each of the five scientists who goes rogue has kind of mentored a teenage boy. Some of the, a lot of them seem to be iron blooded orphans. <laughs> and though we won't be talking about iron blooded orphans, the show, iron blooded orphans are absolutely a recurring theme throughout the Gundam meta series. Right. And some of them have like secret brothers and sisters and stuff. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's a thing, but basically they have been basically trained to be teenage boy soldiers in these Gundams and to try to, uh, fight against Oz or OZ. Like how did, how did, I'm trying to remember, um, how do they, uh, 
transliterate it as OZ or Oz. I'm trying to remember, but anyway, like it's it's been a little bit while. I've rewatched a couple of the first episodes, um, but it, I mean it's definitely shown its age a little bit in the past twenty years. Um, that being said, you know, um, basically um, these boys who are piloting the Gundams don't know that they're part of Operation Meteor, which is this, you know, revenge plan. And so, um, in After Colony 195, AC-195, the year, 20 years after Hiroyui, the pacifist assassination, uh, these five boys end up getting sent to Earth during Operation Meteor, which is, you know, like I said, the kind of this secret plan that they have. And then they end up, like, you know, interacting with each other, having a lot of, um, mostly angst from Hiroyui, who is, uh, the pilot of the Gundam Wing. And then, uh, you know, so he meets up with the other boys. They fight against other people. Lots of people are named after numbers. There's definitely some political, a lot of political stuff. Uh, we have, uh, Relena Peacecraft, who is kind of insufferable, but she's like the senator's daughter or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what his position was, but uh, basically, you know, you've probably seen the famous clip uh, or like a gif or screenshot or whatever of when she's like, I'd like to invite you to my birthday party because, you know, Yui uh, enrolls at her school and then all of her little girlfriends are like, yay! And then he rips it up and he's like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) And that's the first episode. So basically, you know, it kind of just goes through, uh, you know, their conflicts and then, you know, their, their, their internal conflicts with each other. I mean, but a lot of people were honestly, like you said, watching it for the pretty boys. I mean, that's what I was watching it for. I'm a fan of Troa myself. He's the one with the really, like, pointy hair forward. I'm sure that you could probably have some uh, Troa Barton hair if you put enough gel in. Captain Spike, but I'd be into that. Uh, he he was he used to have a life as a circus clown, so I mean, there's definitely some elements that are a little bit silly, but uh, you know, I would say compared to G Gundam, it definitely touches more on more. I said more on, <laughs> uh, you know, more on some of the you know the, the Gundams being used as you know, I mean, well, I mean, they were in G Gundam too, but you know, G Gundam is more like. Battle time, and, you know, I would say this skews a little bit more towards the Universal Century stuff. Would you agree? I mean, it's, again, for me, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing is a little bit more like a super robot show. It's a little bit more about, like, the big, giant action set pieces, uh, people being worried about their planet-busting guns being fired off. Uh, So, you know, I, I do think that it has a lot of the like, political intrigue stuff going on. But I probably more focus on big battles than, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, we're going to talk about, you know, like, don't deploy that Gundam because, you know, you need to consider the cost of human life. They're just like, I'm going to get out my teenage angst through this Gundam battle with you. And so if that's the kind of show that you're looking for, I think Gundam Wing or Gundam Seed are probably your best bets. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Gundam Wing? No, just that it's very easy to find being such a popular show. Um, I don't like. I'm just. I'm trying to think back if it always just had pretty great animation quality and just you know like color work and stuff. Either that or they cleaned it up really well because um, when I was watching some of the first episodes on Crunchy, like G Gundam definitely looked super like you know like 
<laughs> like they only have it in 480p. There's not even like an HD stream available. The color work is very washed out. But like you know, um, Gundam Wing is a very pretty looking anime, even you know as something 20 years down the road. There is no justice. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's, it's another take on the Gundam universe. Excellent. All right. Well, then I want to talk here, and this will be the probably the last series that we talk about here in our intro to Gundam. Oh my God, you're going to talk about my new favorite Gundam? <laughs> Is it really? Kind of. But I, I do want to note, you know, we will almost certainly come back to some of these Gundam series, uh, talk probably some about some of the Gundam series we haven't talked about yet. Some of the Gundam series that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. Yeah. Well, stuff like Turn A. I'm a big fan of Turn A. Uh, F91, I really dig. It, it, it's just that's not a 101 conversation. <laughs> that's the grad school Gundam. Basically. So, um, but I do want to mention, you know, Gundam Build Fighters, which Build Fighters, funny enough, was actually unveiled under the name 1144 Gundam Mobile Project. And that's a reference to the fact that it's, you know, based around building plastic Gundam models. But the really cool thing about Gundam Build Fighters is that after these little plastic Gundam fights or Gundam models are built, they then fight. Uh, similar to the style of what um, Clamp did in Angelic Lair. In fact, I, I when watching this, was basically like, this is giant, giant miniature giant robot Angelic Lair. Uh, but that's, for me, actually something that's really fun. I mean, uh, on a very superficial level, you could also say that this is kind of Yu-Gi-Oh! Beyblade adjacent, too. Well, and I don't think that's that superficial, because it really is about young students who are, you know, building Gunpla models, or, or plastic Gundam models, um, who are really just, like, trying to be the best no one ever was. Uh, and so, it's it's basically, you know, one of those shonen-type shows. It's very yeah, much... Yeah, but not shonen in, like, oh, I'm gonna pilot this robot and be like, boom, boom, boom! It's like, I'm gonna build the best gunpla model and make my family proud (laughs) which um you know ultimately it's it's a much lighter show it really does lack a lot of the heavier themes of gundam it's definitely a, a little silly but it's just, for me, an incredibly fun, joyous, light-hearted show. Yeah. I've started watching Gundam Build Fighters Try, which is the second series in this uh, sub-series. And basically, it's like, oh, well, we're in the model-building club. Why would you go and build a model uh, and then go and like get it ruined after you spent all that time building that model? That's foolish. And then <laughs> they're like, no, it's about the spirit of fighting. Yeah, and of course, you know, in the uh, the try actually great too. In the try season, you end up with like um, different rules on the gunpla battles, and you know, you see someone fighting with like an SD Gundam, which is cute and funny. It's just I don't know. Overall, it's not representative at all of Gundam as a series, but it's just a silly, fun show. I think that's why I like it because uh, it's so different than anything else. It's like, does not have to do with the politics of the Gundam. It's just fun robot battles with uh, iron-blooded, um, I mean, maybe some of them are orphans, but, you know, iron-blooded uh, school children. Excellent. Well, um, you know, I actually think that it's hard to have a whole lot to say about Gundam Build Fighters. Just because if you're it's... really into Gunpla, oh, yeah, absolutely. then it might be something, and you're really into those sort of shonen shows skewed more at youth. 
Yeah, then this would definitely be a good show for I you mean, to check out. I mean, it's definitely kind of um, show based on merchandise, and I mean, it's set in the in a version of the real world, right? It's not part of any of the timelines. That is that is my understanding. Yes, because it's based on like oh, so almost like uh, what was the one Digimon series that takes place in the real world? The the third season. You are asking the wrong person that question. Anyway, I think it's a lot of fun. It's very lighthearted. It's something you could put on in the background, you know, and just be like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, absolutely. I, I dig it. In fact, I'll probably watch some tonight. I also actually have a uh, Gunpla kit from Build Fighters Try that I haven't put together yet. Maybe tonight will be the night for that. Well, that's an excellent choice. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's that's. I'm actually going to wrap up our 101 here. Uh, my voice is starting to give out on me a little bit. Well, it, was a wonderful, it was a today. wonderful 101. Oh, well done. Um, let's let's wrap this up. I want to ask you, Slaggy, of the Gundam stuff you watched for this episode, what was your favorite? I mean, I, like I said, I really enjoyed uh, what I watched of Gundam Fighter, Gundam Build Fighters Try. I wasn't able to find the original Gundam Build Fighters streaming anywhere, but um, it does not seem like you need a lot of background to start on Try. Um, I mean, otherwise, oh, I would say, like, I agree with you. I think that if you just want to kind of dip your feet into it and you're not really ready to be emotionally and politically invested in this larger Gundam metaverse, then G Gundam probably is the... Because, I mean, I, I think I'm, my thing about my anime viewing habits these days, I definitely appreciate a good, you know, serious anime, but... You know, like, these days, I tend to want stuff that's a little bit more lighter in spirit. Escapist? Yeah, just, like, a little bit lighter in, in, in tone. Not that there can't be serious issues, but, you know, I, I don't... I don't. I find that I don't have quite the patience that I used to to sit through. Like, I don't think I could do a rewatch of Rurouni Kenshin all the way through again, for example, just because, you know, all of the political stuff, and, you know, especially when we get to these um, series that are 40, 50 episodes each... Um, you know, but that being said, you know, I think that, um, there are really great entry points for different needs of different anime viewers. And that's one of the things that's great about the Gundam meta series is that there are so many entry points and that there's, there's something for everyone, I think in Gundam. Well, and that's not just for entry points. I mean, that's, that's Gundam writ large is really whatever you're into, whatever you want to see giant robots doing, there's a Gundam show for you. Yeah, and that's really cool that it grew out of this, you know, show. And it's just really interesting. But it, I will say that if you're kind of an anime historian or whatever, and you're um, less familiar with something like First Gundam, even just watching a few episodes of First Gundam, you're like, oh, wow, Shinji Ikari match? Like, it really, I mean, for me, as someone who is a huge Evangelion fan, who thinks that, you know, definitely it's a masterwork of anime, uh, who's really invested in it, I mean, it really, it really, like, exp- I mean, I really feel like, oh, I almost feel like people should watch a little bit of uh, Gundam of some type before they watch Evangelion because I think it would make watching some of these later things based that are you know heavily inspired by Gundam have a, it would be a lot more meaningful, especially with Evangelion where like a lot of what's going on in Evangelion is like meta commentary about mecha anime, you know. Oh, absolutely. And that actually is where I think you can see the most Gundam influence on Evangelion in particular, is that Evangelion in a lot of ways does play as a direct contrast to the story of Amuro Rei and how Amuro Rei does or does not sort of self-realize himself 
over all of these various Universal just, you know, Century when, shows. And Evangelion is just taken to a um, a mindfuck place. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, there's that trend of um, fathers and father figures is huge, which, I mean, uh, you know, definitely you see that a lot. I mean, even in something like Escaflone, you have our brothers, you know, uh, one, even in the first episode of... Um, I mean, I don't know if I'm being spoilerish. Uh, do we do we know at the end of the first episode of G Gundam that uh, Dolman's looking for his brother? I believe so. Yeah. I, I just I can't remember if they reveal that. Oh yeah, it's his brother he's looking for. But uh, yeah, so there's brothers and fathers and father figures and well, and much like uh, Evangelion, you know, a lot of what's in Gundam. Uh, both, your, oh, both you see <laughs> I almost made a a joke, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about that for people who have not seen Evangelion yet. I know the joke you're going to make. Um, but again, you know, one of the things that we see a lot in gu- all of the Gundam series, or most of the Gundam series, is really the the human cost of piloting these giant robots. And that's, I mean, that's again, a huge part of what Fine. Evangelion is Ray all will about. Pilot Ava. A big part of even what some of the, the later robot shows, stuff like Nadeshko, are even still about. So yeah. uh, again, in a lot of ways, these narratives of giant robot shows have their real roots in first Gundam and being the first real robot show. And rather than, you know, Mazinger Z where piloting a giant robot is only fun in games, you know, this is really about like the real world consequences of what that action would yeah, be. Yeah. I mean, I would also, I'm glad that you brought up Nadeshko because, uh, I mean, um, I feel like that people who are interested in Nadeshko would probably benefit from seeing a little bit of, uh, Gundam as well, especially, uh, with, uh, Geki Gengar. Well, I guess Geki Gengar is more uh, super robot, though. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's very specifically like the Getter Robo Mazinger Z type super robots. But I mean, uh, Nadeshko's basically um, Gundam parody. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that that about wraps it up for our discussion. Do you want to uh, talk a little bit about what you've been watching, Slaggy? Yeah, I mean, aside from catching up on Dragon Ball Super and then doing some Gundam watching for preparation of this episode. Um, we've been watching, I, I say we've been, but you know, um, I, I watched a couple of new season anime with you. Um, one that I'm really enjoying that I expect that we will talk about in our upcoming summer anime preview episode, uh, please look forward to it, is Elegant Yokai Apartment Life. I'm not going to talk too much about it because, like I said, I expect that we'll talk about it, um, in our episode in uh, just another week or so. I've also really enjoyed the first episode of Fastest Finger First, which is about competitive quiz shows. Yes. Basically, um, it seems to be like it's going to be kind of riffing off of like sports anime, high school sports anime. It just seems a lot of fun. There was one Pantsu moment in the first episode, but, uh, you know, I was still overall, it seems definitely really promising. And then... Um, since we haven't talked um, since since it's been a while, and I, you know, like I said, we've um, in in June we kind of were a little bit uh, busy with our personal lives and professional lives. Uh, but I've watched a little bit more with you of Monthly Girls Nozaki Kun, which I think is really cute and charming. Um, you know, that's obvious. That's obviously not a current run anime, but uh, you know, definitely really enjoying uh, what I've seen of it. I know that it's only um, twelve episodes and then an OVA. So, I mean, I'm I'm okay with only, uh, you know, watching it kind of piecemeal so that I can still have something to enjoy. What about you? 
Yeah, um, you know, I've also been watching a lot of the new season anime in addition to keeping up every week with uh, Dragon Ball Super, Boruto, etc. Oh, that's um, right. You showed me the first episode of Boruto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what I did actually, you think of it? I actually really enjoyed it. And um, speaking, kind of funny enough, like, you know, like, um, I mean, not that Naruto is a real robot. <laughs> Can you imagine Naruto with robots, though? Um, that being said, you know, it's not obviously definitely nothing like Gundam. I mean, I don't know nothing like Gundam, but, uh, you know, with Naruto being like, what, 700 episodes and what, 20, 20 years manga run or whatever basically more or less um naruto was always a show that i felt like well i almost by the time i became a lot more familiar with it i'm kind of like there's hundreds of episodes i don't really know if i can jump in i was really surprised that having fairly minimal knowledge about naruto that i was able to look to able to really enjoy boruto and be like, oh, that's so-and-so's kid, isn't it? I'm like, oh, look, there's so-and-so. So um, it was also really interesting to see kind of Legend of Korra-ish, how the Naruto world has um, evolved technologically with Naruto as the Hokage. Am I saying that right? Yeah. And uh, kind of um, Dad Naruto, I mean, I've only seen that first episode, but um, Dad Naruto is kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um... Also, What's... Mom Hinata is kind of like, oh, will you get to school on time? She's not like, you're going to be late, Boruto. She's just like, oh, will you get to school on time? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Some shows that I also watched this season that I, I've really enjoyed, in addition to what Sly Kicken noted, um, I'm really enjoying uh, Katsugeki Token Ranbu, a uh, really good fighting series. Um, you know, it has like, oh, we're supernatural hunters going on, possibly the spirits of weapons that have been called out. It's um, it's pretty interesting so far, but also I like that kind of nonsense. I'm also really enjoying uh, Clean Freak Aoyama-kun, which is about a soccer player who is like OCD about keeping clean. And it's very like sports anime slice of lifey, um, but with like this really off-center humorous humor bent. So I, I really like it. It, it it's actually been really fun so far. Um, otherwise, yeah, just uh, trying to make sure I watch all of the big premieres this season so that we can talk about it on our second episode of the month later this month. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. It seems like there's a lot of really promising and um, interesting concepts for anime. Uh, Trainer Stalker from the Stabcast.org podcast, or Same Type Attack Bonus podcast, which is our both Pokemon podcast that we both appear on as well, uh, had made the joke that, what's that anime mobile game that you're playing, or anime studio mobile game? Um, anime studio story? Anime studio story where you, um, <laughs> uh, so, like, Trainer Soccer had been like, oh, did they just play that and take the, um, the genre ideas from that? Because that's kind of what it seems like, like, um, yokai apartment life, <laughs> um, quiz show sports anime. But it's actually really refreshing to see some different ideas. Um, you know, I, I was not able to keep up with as much of the spring anime season as I had wanted. I had a lot going on at work that, you know, um, was really difficult at the time, but not to, you know, get too much into that. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to be following more um, summer anime and that we will be bringing you our second seasonal one after we didn't, you know, quite get around to a spring one. Yeah, sorry, the last few months have been really tough. It's been a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you too. I mean, I didn't want to air your laundry or whatever, but, you know. Yeah, 
It, sorry about that. We're definitely working on, on getting it on track. And we really appreciate you staying with us for Anime Buoy. And with that... Uh, Social links? Yeah. We're going to go to our dot .ask mail. <laughs> and we asked... Um, we said on our next episode, Captain Spike leads a discussion on the Gundam meta series. By the way, you did a fantastic job. Thank you for you know taking the reins there. I definitely would not have had the extensive knowledge of Gundam to do an episode like this. So thank you very much. You say extensive knowledge of Gundam, but like I've just watched a lot of TV. Yeah, well, it's I mean, not a special skill. Some people would say that it is. Like our listeners, uh, we have, first of all, a tweet coming from Slow Anime saying, Zeta is my favorite, but I tell everyone to at least watch 0079, and including a link to slowanime.com, why every anime fan should watch 0079. And that you actually... You will hear no disagreement from me. 0079 is, I think, the best starting place if you're trying to get into real Gundam. I'm sorry, continue. Right. Um, that article was actually written on a slowanime.com by Dave, a.k.a. Edward Wan4, who follows, hey. up, um, follows up with that tweet saying, OMG, Gundam is my all-time fave, as you may have noticed. I gotta go my fave timeline, you see, and go with Zeta. I heart, but it's not just a heart emoji, it's like the heart with a ribbon around it, like a box of chocolates for Murasume. Murasume. I assume that yes. that is a, a Gundam, or is it, with the numbers, it could be a character's name. I mean, every character in Gundam Wing is named after a number, basically. But um, I definitely should look into Zeta, because, uh, I mean, I've heard about it, but I'm not too familiar with it. Um, and Edward Wong Forest saying, not going to lie, would love to deep dive the Gundam series with y'all sometime. I expect that would probably happen. Zeon Shar, who, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what um, this person's favorite... Gundam series is. Could you guess? Says, yay! Um, Edward Wong 4 again saying, um, uh, actually, I, I say again saying, but having a video and a photo of one of the Gundams from uh, Z Gundam. Or is, is it Z Gundam or Zeta Gundam? Or Zeta? Zeta Gundam. Um, which appears to be a Gunpla, I'm assuming. Oh, right, because he said, oh, I just finished building him last night. Woo! So, awesome. Um, I would I would get into Gunpla, but I've never been good at making models. Like my grandpa okay, tried to okay. make. Okay, but do you want to put together a Gunpla sometime? I'm 100 percent serious. We can do it cheap. We can go get you like a, a basic beginner's kit. It it can be just like a super I, fun I love like how one we, hour activity. I love how you just helped me assemble my first real computer build, and yet I'm like more scared about <laughs> Gunpla model. Ah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to tell my story about, like, model building and stuff on the air, but... How bad was it? Oh, no, just that, like, I never really got into it because it was, like, my grandpa trying to be like, oh, here, do something. This is a boy's hobby, you know, heteronormative bullshit, so... Oh, boo. And it was, like, not not to shit on this, but it was, like, model cars and, like, World War II airplanes, which, I mean... Which aren't nearly as cool as bipedal giant robots. Exactly. All right, we're going to build a gunpla. It's not going to be today, but... Maybe this week I'll look at some beginner kits on Amazon and order one. I'm like you don't, you don't, y'all don't gotta build it unless you want me to help you build it and you keep it. But uh, anyway, um, thank you t- for your feedback. Oh, I I wanted to say we don't we usually don't do a lot of anime news on here. I mean, Anime News Network is like really the best place to go for anime news. But I have to say, um, um, seeing Edward Wan Force tweets 
made me think about this. The, the teaser trailer for season two and season three of FLCL. How hype are you? Oh, my effing lord. And that's going to be 2018, right? Uh, yes. Oh, I wish Initially, it was they now. had said that the first set of episodes would be 17, but now they're saying oh. it'll be early 17 and then late 17. Or early 18, early 18 and, then late and late 18. 18. Oh, I want it now. It looks so good. I mean, just based on a little preview, but I mean, you know, that was that's a very special, special show. So, speaking of special, you are all very special, and we thank you for your iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play subscriptions, ratings, and reviews. If you feel that there is another podcasting syndication site or app or whatever that you feel we should be a part of that, um, you know, you, you want us to be on, let us know. We like your Facebook likes. We effing love Twitter. We effing love Twitter. You can mail us at mailbuoy at animebuoy.org. Mailbuoy at animebuoy.org. And our home base is animebuoy.org. Animebuoy.org. And I just once again want to thank you for sticking with us. Uh, with that, Captain Spike, would you like to do a couple shout-outs? I would. I'd like you to shout-out folks to our home base over at gamebuoy.org. Gamebuoy.org. That's your twice-a-monthly port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I'm not going to try to speed talk that. <laughs> as well as Ranger Pridecast on the Voice of Geeks Network. Um, you can find us over at vognetwork.com. Ranger Pridecast is where myself and Shayna Lenko talk about the current season of the Power Rangers meta series, as well as the current season of the Super Sentai meta series upon which it's based. If you dig Super what we robot. talk about... <laughs> yeah, right? If you talk... If you like what we talk about here on Anime Buoy, you'll probably like what we talk about over on Ranger If you like what we talked about on Gundam 101, you'll probably enjoy that as well. Slacky, what about you? I'd like to shout out to uh, the currently off-season Reading is Fundamental, the podcast for myself, Captain Spike, Rob Roberts from Orange Lounge Radio, and Delvin from Video Game Realness, uh, serve tea and dish on everything RuPaul's Drag Race Hunt tea. Which is, you know, uh, right now currently, like I said, off-season, but I definitely, um, if you enjoy it, you can check out our episode archive. We will definitely be back um, once there's another season of the show. I'd also like to point you in the direction of the same type attack bonus podcast, or Stabcast for short, your twice-monthly look at the deeper roles of Pokemon. You might notice that we don't really talk about Pokemon, we've never really talked about Pokemon anime here, because we go into the Pokemon anime discussion um, on a twice-monthly basis on Stabcast. Also the same reason that we typically don't cover as much Pokemon news or topics that we typically would have on Game Boy. Uh, so you can check that out at stabcast.org. I'd also like to point you to the podcast. Uh, sorry, the podcast. Well, it is a podcast. It's the Podukin Comics Cosplay and Cons podcast, which is uh, speaking of Edward Wong 4, where he and his co-hosts take a look at comics, cosplays, and cons. I would also like to point you in the direction of Transformation Sequence, which is the podcast where a panel of nerds gets together to talk about anime without fear of random bullies coming up in giant robots and starting political conflicts with them. Uh, with that, um, I guess I should let you do this, the sign-out, because you know, this has been your hosting gig today. Oh, uh, thank all of y'all out there in Internet Radio Land for joining us this lovely Sunday early evening. I hope you've had half as much fun listening as we've had talking. We will be back at you later this month, and we're very excited to do so. But until then, keep watching. Keep watching. Keep thinking. Keep thinking. And uh, 
one does not care to acknowledge the mistakes of one's youth. The best part of Gundam Wing is the two-mix soundtrack, hands down. Oh my god, just while beat communication. I'm feeling rhythm emotion.